Pumpshirt.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, Pumpshirt of CapsCorner.com, coming to you live from Blake Franklin Estates in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, January the 17th. There is snow on the ground. Um, it's cold, um, otherwise known as January, uh, which means it's basketball season, which means it's time for um, fans to, to self-spook, um, trademark, and for, you know, for us to have lots and lots of, uh, of questions about football schedules. It's a very odd sort of time of year. Um, we're going to dive into several uh, interesting topics, uh, as we like to do. Let's go around and introduce everybody uh, in Fishersville. David Smith is back on the show. How are you, my friend? Hey, two in a row, man. I'm on a roll. I'm doing well, Brad. Thanks for asking. Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter? Yeah, one more, and you can actually um, you know, have streak. yourself a cocktail. Yeah. Um, uh, up in Arlington, Justin Ferber's also on the show. How are you, my friend? I'm doing all right, Brad. I had to dig myself out of the uh, stormy weather that we had oh yesterday. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. And that wasn't in reference to anything. Random. There's, just no, there's no way. Uh, okay, I can't. I don't even know if I can edit that out. Okay. Uh, Cavs Corner also under <laughs> Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for in game updates, content items, and the occasional Woody Banter. Um, so let's start with uh, with where the Cavaliers are on the hardwood. Obviously, 5-0 in the ACC play, finally going to hit the road, play at uh, Georgia Tech tomorrow night. Um, in a game that, um, for some reason, uh, some it feels like some people are expecting this to be close in a way that like my immediate reaction doesn't. But at the same time, like the more I, I think about it, I feel like I start to like talk myself into it being close. Um, got Ferber's preview today and was a little bit surprised that, uh, that he had it kind of where, where he did. So Ferber, I want to start there in your, as you were sort of digging into Georgia tech, what really stood out to you about, about this matchup and, and why did you end up going the way you did on, on the, on the outcome? Sure. Uh, so did you think it was going to be closer or do you think I was going to have it for no, that part? I honestly, I thought I, I went both ways on it. I thought it would be closer. I was thinking like at one point I was like, yeah, oh, it's going to be an easy one you know, 14, 15. And then I was like, okay, it'll probably be like seven. And then it was, you were right in the middle. So I was just, I don't know. I think by the time I read it, I had talked myself into both. And then when it was neither, I was like, all right, well, I wonder, I just was curious what, what your, what your thought process was as you dug yeah. into, into the jackets. I mean, it's always a lot of different factors. Um, the fact that it's in Atlanta is certainly a factor. Georgia tech, uh, as I wrote in the preview, um, they're going back to the beginning of last season's ACC slate. They're nine and two at home against conference opponents, and they are two and nine on the road. Um, that kind of tells you all you need to know. And one of those road wins was against Pitt on Saturday, so that's like half of a win, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, and and it wasn't like it's not like when you look at what Georgia Tech's done at home over the last season plus. It's not like they've only beaten you know the teams on their schedule that they were supposed to beat. Uh, they've beaten ranked teams. They beat North Carolina last year, Notre Dame last year when they were at, you know, obviously they were at the peak of what they were last year. You know, at that point, um, they beat somebody else that slipped in my mind. Might have been, it wasn't Louisville, um, uh, Florida State. Then this year, obviously they beat Notre Dame. Who, granted, they are shorthanded, or they were then. So I think that's worth mentioning, but they did get the win there, and and uh, they beat Miami by ten at home. So uh, obviously not a place to be taken lightly. Having said all that, Georgia Tech is not that good of a basketball team. Um, simply put, you know, you look at what they did in the non-conference. They lost a bunch of games to bad teams or teams that they shouldn't lose to, like Grambling and Wofford. And I know North Carolina lost to Wofford, but still. Uh, right state so yeah I mean and their offense is just like the numbers bear out that they're not very good um they you know they're not very efficient they they don't shoot the ball well from three um they rely a lot on free throws uh they make up like a huge percentage of their scoring and they try to get to the line with their guards and also get lammers going inside but overall I mean on paper the matchup certainly favors UVA if it was in Charlottesville, I would have had UVA winning by probably 20 or more. Um, but the fact that it's in Atlanta uh, gives me a little bit of pause, at least making me think that you know Georgia Tech could come out hot and UVA might have to overcome that. Um, plus, as we know, UVA doesn't 
you know, they do blow people out, but, I mean, they play a lot of other games where they're in control of the game all the way through and then win by 12. So I could easily see it being that sort of a game. One of the things that was interesting to me was, like, Georgia Tech's defense is not bad. Um, no, they're actually pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah, they do a good job in a number of different areas. They're really good at rim protection and, and getting rebounds. Um, they don't allow a ton of offensive boards. So, right. yeah, I mean, they're not a bad defensive team. But against a team like UVA, I feel like your offensive warts get exposed a lot. And if they're not able to put together a bunch of baskets in a row, I feel like they're going to lose that momentum that they'll have from playing at home. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, too, like, think back to last year's matchup. It was not. It was a, you know, 12, 13-point game, right? Um, I don't, I'm not looking at, uh, at Georgia Tech in front of me. Um, Dave, as as you think about this game tomorrow night, are you, are you self-spooking? Um, are you worried at all about folks, you know, I was on the radio tonight and they were talking about like, um, well, you know, UVA could be number one in the country when they go to Durham. And I'm like, okay, well, one, that would mean that Villanova's either going to lose to Georgetown. Spoiler alert, no. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, I forget who the other team, Providence maybe that they had before, um, or maybe they I think to, they play, they play Pro- UConn. That's right. They got UConn and then they get Providence, but they play Providence in the middle of that week. So there's no way Virginia would be number one by the, the time. The only way UVA would be number one is if they win their next two games by like 50 points each. <laughs> and then like they just overtake them. Unless somehow Villanova loses to UConn, which, which I doubt. let's be honest, that's not happening. Um, so Dave, what are you like, Are uh, what, what's your glass case of emotion status right now? Are you closer <laughs> to that or are you feeling comfortable, confident? What's your feeling on, on tomorrow night's game? Yeah, I mean... This whole like hand wringing glass case of emotion that doesn't exist for me in basketball. That's me in football, man. You're you're talking to a different dude. This is Tony Bennett world. Um, I mean, it's the ACC road. You know, it's an ACC road game. Who knows what can happen? Uh, you know, historically, ACC teams the last several years have done poorly on the road, except for Virginia um, and you and UNC. So, I expect it to be a close game. For some point of it, like it wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised that for for Virginia to win by fifteen, but you know it's a six, seven, eight point game all the way through uh, because that's just what we see. The atmosphere is going to be interesting. I think I read today there's only a couple hundred seats left, um, so it may sell out. A, I think they're, they're actually calling it a sellout now. Yeah, I mean if it's a sellout, there, there's a good, there's going to be a good chunk of UVA fans there because of the the alumni base in 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 Atlanta, but. You know, it, it is a road game, and Georgia Tech has definitely improved over last year. And, you know, and this Virginia team is not, you know, <laughs> they're not without flaws. That If Virginia turns the ball over against Georgia Tech on the road like they did against NC State the other night, we might have some issues. Um, but they did that at home. So, look, I'm, I'm expecting a win. I would not, you know, I wouldn't go, you know, freaking out over, over a loss because, it you know, it is an ACC game. And, yeah, ACC road game. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm looking forward to sitting down and watching a very drama-free game tomorrow night. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys know this, but um, uh, this is an important piece of information. Um, Josh Pastner was not supposed to win an ACC game <laughs> last year, or maybe not this year. Per him. Look, so, guys, I mean, look. I was stumbling across is, my rose, Justin, because I was trying to figure out a way to say something to set you up for that line. And I <laughs> well, you know, uh, the, the truth the truth will be spoken, you know, at some point. So the problem is, you know, he, like, people are like, oh, look, they're 3-1. and one, And it's like, that's cool. I mean, they won their home games and they beat Pitt, which is good for them. I mean, yeah, kudos for doing that. It's hard to take care of business in this league. You know, I asked the other teams that haven't, but... Um, at the same time, it's kind of like they did this last year. I mean, they came out. I think they were three and one or four and one or something, and they won a bunch of home games, including some of those upsets. And everybody was freaking out about Georgia Tech and Josh Pastner, and they ended up like seven and eleven in the league, um, which is you know, which is fine for where the, I, I I I'm not saying he's wrong about the fact that they should shouldn't have been bad. You know, these these few years. Um, and and he's I think he's got them on the track towards competitiveness, which is a step up from what Brian Gregory was doing. But yeah, I mean let's you know you, you didn't you can't lose to Grambling and then make everybody think that you're bad and then like start beating ACC teams and then be like you know oh you know look how good we are. It's like well you made yourself you made you lowered your own expectations, so you know. They were they were three and two last year after wins over Clemson and NC State. 
Um, one of those teams fired their head coach. One of those teams almost fired their head coach. Which we're going to have to talk about at some point how Brad Brown now managed to not only not get fired last year, but he might get Zion Williamson at the end of this season. Or, excuse me, in, in like what? That's like four days away. Like at the at the, uh, uh, um, at the the um, spring signing period. Like what? I just uh, – sorry. I that dude is going to be at, at Clemson for like 30 years. And we're going to look up and be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to go to the tournament like four times. Um. And I'm not saying that like you can't have a uh, like a, a a coach. I mean, a, a guy like Pastor can't come through and and can't come in and have a breakthrough or something. But they were three and two last year. They lose by one at Virginia Tech. They got beat by thirteen. They ended up eight and ten. Um, I think the thing that it's interesting to me is this game is like like most of the time teams that play UVA are trying their best to not have to work. Like they're basically trying to to make UVA adjust to them. But because of Lammers, Virginia can essentially play Jack Salt like normal minutes, right? And if if my ne- memory serves me correctly, like didn't Jack Salt pretty much render old Lammers like useless last year? Yeah, I mean, for from my memory, he had no points or like two points for most of the game. And I looked, you know, I kind of when I looked to do the preview, I kind of thought that he ended up with like two, but mm-hmm. he ended up with seven. Yeah, um, he was three of twelve from the field. Yeah, so I mean, like, but. From memory, I mean, Jack Salt pretty much like put him in his place in that game. Yeah, um, Jack, I mean, Jack and Salt he played, played 35, 35 minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah, like that's, I mean, like if Jack Salt plays 35 minutes in a game, usually that means good things for UVA. Now, the one wild card here is Adewale uh, Gay. I mean, he is six foot nine, listed at two, 200 and, um, uh, I want to say 212. Two 212, like that. yeah. Um, that's going to be an interesting matchup because how Georgia Tech has used them together has has been sort of different than maybe what Pastner has done in the past. No pun intended. Um, so the other thing about Georgia Tech is, and I, and I texted you guys about this the other night or other day or, I don't know, some sometime in the, in the recent past. Um, like three of their guys play like 40 minutes a game. And I just don't th- – I'm, I'm going to have to see it to believe it, but I just don't think you can do that and have legit success against UVA system. I don't think you can roll um, Okogie – uh, Lammers and Alvarado out there for 40 minutes and expect to beat UVA. I just don't. I just don't. I don't. I don't know, man. I just. I just. I'm gonna have a hard time seeing that. Yeah, I mean, the one good thing for them is that UVA isn't a team that usually draws a ton of fouls, especially in the first half. Um, so I don't think they're gonna. Those guys are gonna get into quick foul trouble. But at the same time, you know, people think that you know, like NC State style of basketball wears you out. Because of the press, or West Virginia, for example. Um, and it does. I mean, like, it makes you kind of work just to get the ball across half. But UVA's offense with the blocker mover system, where you constantly have to chase guys around off screens, and then the defense that makes you kind of like work for everything that you get, that wears you out just as much. So I feel like I, that, that's kind of what I wrote in the preview. I could see the game being closed for a half, and then UVA just wears them out. I feel like um, one thing that's, that's, Interesting here is, is Pastor does throw out a bunch of random defenses and they can they can change uh, pl- uh, possession to possession. Yeah, last um, year he he changed it like every possession. I mean, I'll give him credit for trying something. You know, no, I, and I think that's something that they've still done. I mean, they play primarily. Um, I think they want to. I want to say they play primarily a, a man, but they do r- roll out the zone um, from from time to time. Uh, I expect that they're going to play a lot of zone. Because if anything, that that sort of takes UVA's um, uh, motion kind of out of the equation. But but because the Cavaliers are so multifaceted offensively, I just feel like you're, in order to beat UVA, you got to do two things. I think you got to be able to drive the ball right, and and maybe Alvarado is that guy. Um, you know, Akogi can obviously can create for himself a little bit too. Um, though it, you know, I think that's a perfect Devin Hall cover. Um, but beyond that, you got to be able to drive the ball, and I think you've got to you've got to be able to do a lot on the glass. And it 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 almost seems like to me Ben Lammers is was put on this earth to play guys like Jack Salt, and Jack Salt was put on this earth to play. Like, and I'm saying like there's no advantage either way. Um, you know if the you know if 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 Salt picks up two fouls in the you know first three minutes and thirty seconds, and you go into the under sixteen, and you're like, uh oh, um, that might be a different story. Lammers against, you know, Diakite or Lammers against, you know, DeAndre Hunter or even maybe even Zay is, is a different matter. But I just, 
I don't know, man. Like, I, I, there are a lot, there's lots of hand-wringing out there. And that's not to say Virginia can't lose this game. Um, like I said, weird stuff happens with Georgia Tech and Atlanta. Um, and McCamish, for some reason, seems to be a, a tough place for people to play at. And, and, and I'm not really sure sort of why that is. But um, whenever you see a bad team that can't win on the road but always, you know, seems to always win at home, that's usually a, you know, a sign of, a, 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 of something. Um, yeah, the one thing I was going to say, like, the one thing we haven't brought up, uh, this will be Isaiah's last chance to play in Georgia at UVA. So any little extra unless motivation you the, can unless have. Unless they get to yeah. the South Region final. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the last regular season game in Atlanta. Um, you know, he only only played there what, one other time, right? Right. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see if, if – uh, was it a fourth side of the ball issue there, third side? I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what side of the ball that is. But it's – you know, this team – I just think the way the way Virginia's playing right now, it would be a little surprising for Georgia Tech to win, but not shocking, because um, it is you know they have good athletes, they, they have good players, they're, they're ACC players, believe it or not. Yeah, I mean, I would say if they lose either of these games this week, people shouldn't freak out. If they lost both of them, then maybe you have a little bit of reason. Is to it worry weird about that I would be I, I would be more okay with them losing to Georgia Tech than the Wake Forest? I feel like Wake Forest is just. Um, like yeah, I mean Georgia walk. Tech at least has the home court advantage that you can kind of be like point to that, you know. Yeah. Wake doesn't have anything. No, no. Wake is lost. Wake lost by the Joel is where seasons go to die. Yeah, that's true. They lost by nineteen to Tennessee. They lost by uh, by eight to Virginia Tech at home. They've also lost at home to Georgia Southern and Liberty. They lost by thirteen at home to Liberty. Now, granted, that was on November the fourteenth. Richie um, McKay, man. I heard Shout you out. get it done. Uh, Couldn't beat Radford, though. <laughs> I like how you, you just snuck that in there. Um, you know, and I, I mean, I realize, you know, Virginia's got to go down Atlanta. It's a winter wonderland uh, down there. Um, and I don't know. Actually, they did snow it, that far south, right? I'm not I'm not making that up. Sure. And I, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's weird how, like, when I'm not going to a road game, suddenly I, I like, don't know. <laughs> It's like I'm like I have no idea what's happening in that region of the world. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of expect uh, the Cavaliers to win it, um, and and honestly, I'd be really surprised if they don't win these for these next two. Now, Clemson, to me, having watched them against Carolina last night, one of y'all's gonna have to explain to me why Clemson's any good, man. Like, for, like what? Like, how is Clemson on the verge of getting like arguably, possibly one of the top two, three players in the country? Like. I, I know that there's there's some reason. I think there's some stepfather. Not in school. No, 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 no. There's a stepfather <laughs> who may be getting a job there or something. There is yeah, some. Yeah, and, and I, he's from Spartanburg, which is right. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Clemson, th- again, yeah. I don't care. Like that doesn't matter. Like th- we're talking about. Mm, we're talking about Clemson basketball. We're talking about Brad Brown almost got fired. Like I understand the kid's only going to be there one year. And like, but what? Like what? Like if he really picks Clemson, I mm, I just don't understand, man. Like UVA is out here, <laughs> he's out here trying to go out to these kids and can't can't uh, buy a bucket, right? And and Clemson with a coach who literally almost got fired the other day is going to slip up into like the number three player in the country. Ah, what a world! What a time to be alive. Okay, let's focus on Clemson as it is right now. Um, I don't know. I'm not saying that that Clemson's horrible. I'm just saying like there seem to be a lot of people like very recently that were talking talking to me a lot about Clemson. And they lost two out of their last three uh, by a point uh, to NC State in a game that was uh, weird. I think it's safe to say. Then, then, then Clemson beats Miami, which J- Miami might be the best Jekyll and Hyde team I've seen in a long time. Like you just do not know night in night out what you're going to get um, out of them. Other than Chris Lice is a lot of fun to watch. Um, what do we think about Clemson next week? Uh, that's a game that'll happen before we reconvene this year' podcast. Dave, what do you feel about uh, about Clemson? Is that the toughest test, even though that's at home of these next three games? No, I mean, I, I personally think Georgia Tech game is probably the toughest of the next three. Um, I mean, history says you know beating UVA, John Paul Jones said, happened very often. Doesn't matter what your name is. Um, was it forty-one and four or something over the last four years? I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, but Clemson's weird. Like, I kind of agree with you. I throw out the Carolina game. I mean, that place 
it's the whole 58, 59 in a row, whatever it is. Look, they, they go into that game making it a bigger deal than it is because they're reminded constantly that they're number one there. And, I mean, they had that game in the bag at some points that night and just, I think it just got in their head. It's just a mental thing. Um, they're, they're athletic, but, you know, on the road, I'd be a little more concerned about them than, than at home. Um, especially, what is that, a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night? Can't remember which. Um, so it's, I like their team a lot. I just don't think they're skilled enough. Um, and they're not fluid enough on offense and they, they don't, I don't, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they don't play hard enough together and consistent, consistently enough to be able to score against a set defense. So if we're good with the ball, which we tend to be at home, it's going to be a tough win for Clemson. I mean, maybe it's because they won what, 10 games in a row. Um, including beating Louisville in overtime, which, you know, and we got to have a conversation about Louisville. It's, uh, I mean, that'll probably come next week because it's kind of the way the schedule breaks out. But uh, I'm not trying to say that they don't have talent. Um, DeVoe, uh, I think, is pretty is pretty good. Um, I think Shell Mitchell is pretty good in spots. Reed. Um, the, the Thomas kid is, is nice on the glass, um, especially when he can stay in the game. The Grantham kid has never been super impressive to me. Um Overall, I mean, Brandon typically has really tough teams. This just doesn't look like that. Like, especially when they rolled out those like New Jerseys. Uh, was that NC State? Was the NC State game like randomly rolled out New Jerseys? And I'm like, wait, what? Um, I don't know. The whole you know. they promised Zion New Jerseys. <laughs> I mean, look, it's not un- it's not unheard of to beat a team like they beat NC State, um, like they beat them by like 16 uh, at home, and then they lost to them on the road. Like that's not unheard of. But man, I, I don't know, man. Uh, this is this uh, the recency bias for me has me a little bit down on on Clemson uh, overall, but um, I don't you know, think I, they're that bad. I, I mean, I'm not saying they're that bad. I, I guess I, I guess I'm looking at the ACC as a whole. UVA currently number one at five and zero, uh, Louisville four and one, and then Georgia Tech at three and one, and then two teams, excuse me, three teams: Duke, Carolina, and Clemson at four and two. I guess I'm still looking for like who, like we know Duke is going to eventually figure it out. Um, like Ferber was talking about the other day, like, Hey, this always, this is like typical, right? This is what they do. Um, don't fall in the trap. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't, don't act barred. Um, I'm not doing, I just, I, I'm looking around the ACC and I just don't have a good frame of reference. Cause like a team I thought was surprised people, Florida state is two and four, right? A team I thought would, might be pretty good. It, Miami's two and three, Right. I, I, I know Notre Dame is dealing with the loss of, of, of Bonzi, and they're just getting uh, Matt Farrell. Did they get back last night? Did he play? No, he was available. Yeah, he, Did he play he last played, night? I'm pretty sure. Okay. So, like, they're just, you know, there's still obviously a lot going on with them. I just, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm still, I'm still stumbling around in the dark trying to figure out what to make of the ACC as a whole. Like, um, usually the ACC seems like you're climbing a mountaintop, right? There are a handful of teams that you feel like you got to go after. Uh, or that you're sort of chasing, right? And now it seems like uh, you're in a desert where you're not really sure where where you're going. That the everything is empty, and you're not really sure where the threats are coming from. Does that make sense? Like I, I just I just don't know what to make of the ACC as a whole. I think UVA and Duke are the best two teams right now, and Carolina is working their way towards that group. Um, now, I mean, obviously, some stuff comes down to individual matchups. I think those are probably going to be three of your double buy teams in some order. Um, UVA, I mean, they have played really well, and I'm not trying to discount what they've done, but they still have to go on the road a bunch of times. So they're going to probably lose some games, you know, in spots. That's not something to get worried about necessarily unless they string a bunch of them together, but. I mean, part of the reason that they're at the spot they are in the league where only Louisville, I think, is within two games of them, um, or within less than two games or whatever. Um, like, part of that is because they've just had four home games already. So other teams have already had to go on the road and lose. And I'm not saying they're not going to go on the road and win these games, but there's going to be some challenges here and there. Um, the other team that has kind of pleasantly surprised me recently is Louisville. Um I kind of wrote them off, you know, with the coaching change and all the stuff going on there. But, you know, David Padgett's winning games. He's finding ways to win games. So um, you have to give him some credit. I mean, they beat 
they beat a Notre Dame team that, like you said, doesn't have Bonzi Colson, but you know they still have talent. And Farrell ended up with I think like twenty something points last night. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that I don't necessarily I'm not ready to put them in the upper echelon, but I think they can challenge. I think Miami will figure it out and be somewhere around fifth or sixth. Notre Dame probably is going to max out at sixth, seventh, eighth place because of their injury to Colson, and then I think Clemson will be in that mix as well. And then everybody else will kind of fill in somewhere from you know the middle of the pack on but florida state like you said kind of a disappointment but i think that's i think uva duke carolina and then louisville maybe clemson you know those that's kind of the packing order for me yeah for me i mean honestly for me i think it's duke and virginia if you're just talking regular season i think duke and virginia are, are probably a notch above anyone else um just because they've duke talent wise of virginia just you know, the system in place. You know, they ha- Virginia has a system that over the course of a long haul, the regular season is going to produce victories. And, you know, it's something you can rely on. The defense is going to be there just about, if not every night, every, almost every night. Um, Carolina, I don't know that they are going to be able to, to make a run for the, you know, to win the regular season crown. Cause this Carolina team is not like the ones of the past where they could just roll the ball out and beat some of the lesser teams. They, they don't have that kind of talent. They need they have talent, but they also have to play an organized game and give effort for 40 minutes. And historically, that's not been a strength of Carolina. Um, Louisville could surprise us, but, you know, Louisville, my sense of Louisville is their team is kind of right on the, the edge. If they meet some adversity, I don't know how they can deal with it. Um, right now, things are rolling great, but they get punched in the mouth. I don't have much faith in them recovering from that. I, I personally feel like Notre Dame, depending on when Colson comes back, because they're, they're talking about like he might be back early. If he's back a couple of weeks earlier than expected, um, you know, they're, and they can stay around, they can make a run up towards the top. But I think Duke, it's between Duke and Virginia for the regular season. And Notre Dame could be a dangerous team mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, we should probably, to Ferber brings up a good point offline, we should probably go ahead and talk about Wake since we're not going to have a podcast before, obviously, that game on Sunday. The Deeks are... Why are we talking about Wake? <laughs> well, I mean, talk to them in depth. I mean, like, kind of preview the game, so to speak. They're 8-9. and nine. <laughs> I thought we just skipped right over them to Clemson. No, <laughs> yeah, me too. I, well, I did kind of because I was like, well, that'll be boring because Wake is I think is that's boring. good enough. But uh, they're 8-9 and nine overall. They've lost... Uh, five of their last six games with the lone victory coming at home over Syracuse. Uh, they lost, like I said, to Tennessee by 19. They lost um, at home by eight to Virginia Tech. I, I don't – it's clear to me that Collins was a <laughs> – he was pretty good. Uh, the law, that, that, that has set him back a little bit because um, I thought last year Danny had it going – I don't see his kids. The, when I watch them, I don't see them responding to him the same way. Um, I don't. So I don't know if they're just in a rough patch or if this is going to be a rough season. Um, that's not a game that bothers me at all about UVA's chances. Interestingly enough, though, Ken Palm only has it as a nine-point win for UVA projected. Uh, I would expect that thing to be, um, you know, a little bit more lopsided than that. Um, interestingly enough, they obviously have a game uh, before them as well. They play uh, NC State tomorrow night. Um, excuse me, in Raleigh, um, which I'm not sure what the weather situation down in Raleigh has to do because I know they got more snow than than, than we did up here. Um, but I would still imagine it's going to be a pretty good crowd uh, at PNC because that's what um, they do. Anybody else got anything to say about uh, Wake Forest before we, uh, before we move on? Going once, going twice, sold. How, okay. often, how often does Kimpon predict us to win a game by more than nine points? Ah, good point. Good question. Let's that's take a look. That seems like a pretty big margin for a team that scores 60. Uh, he's got UVA winning uh, the Georgia Tech game by nine. He's got Wake by nine. He's got uh, Clemson by eight. He's got him losing to Duke by two, beating uh, Louisville by eleven. Okay, so uh, he's got beating Syracuse away by five, beating Florida State away by six, beating Virginia Tech at home by thirteen, uh, Miami by three uh, on the road. Um, Got him beating Georgia Tech at home by 17. Ooh, that's a big home court advantage. Got him beating Pittsburgh by 17. Excuse me, 16. Yo, can we talk about Pitt? No, why do we need to talk about Pitt? <laughs> what do we need to say? 
You just want to. You just want to get just these think jokes it's off. That's all it is. You want to get these jokes <laughs> off. That's it. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, they, hired Ke- they hired Kevin Stallings. It's so dumb. They're so <laughs> trash. I don't. I look. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to pile on. Okay. I'm really not. I'm watching. Meanwhile, the- meanwhile, the funniest part. Sorry, the funniest part to me is that TCU is good. <laughs> right. This is this is Jamie Dixon uh, in all of his fu glory. Right. Like he's out there. Just he wants to put you on blast. You know what? Th- this is what you could have had, and now you got to watch me from from way over there. Like, so yeah, Pitt is yeah, Pitt's gonna go and no, actually, I don't think they're gonna go away eighteen in the league. I think they're gonna slip up and beat somebody, but they're really trash. Like they're so bad. Um, like literally, they don't have any dudes that I've ever seen before with my own eyes. Like, like a, not a single guy on their team I recognize in under any circumstances. Like he, they got he. I know he likes to play several freshmen at once, and that was a whole joke the other day. But like seriously, like none of these dudes even like are on my radar, and that's not good because I pay attention to recruiting. But yes, Pitt is bad. Um, Pitt's gonna be bad. Um, anybody who got to play Pitt twice this year, congratulations, you won the lottery. Um, those teams being uh, looks like Syracuse is Syracuse. definitely one because they always are. Syracuse, and they they can play Syracuse twice in. Uh, they might like be so bad weeks. that it, I was just thinking like maybe Boston College plays them twice, but that might be bad for them, <laughs> like because uh, their RPI is going to be terrible. In uh, State, Boston. Man, Look, enough uh, about Pitt. Okay, I, didn't, I shouldn't have brought it up. Yeah, you shouldn't have. You should. You should. Uh, you should feel bad. Um, that episode will be fun. <laughs> All right, let's let's switch gears and talk football schedules. Um, the ACC released the 2018 football schedule today. Um, at this point, I'm, I'm going to assume that everybody has had a chance to view it. Virginia is going to have one of the weirder seasons schedule wise. Not only is there like no random, really good team for no apparent reason. Um, they open up the year at, against Richmond. They get to go to Indiana. Then they get Ohio, Louisville, and then they play in Raleigh for the first time since forever, all in the month of September, um, just because of the way the dates fell. Uh, they get a bye week before the Miami game at home. Then they go to Durham. Uh, they close out October at home against Carolina. Then they play a Friday night game against Pitt at home. Then they get Liberty the next Saturday at home at, for senior day before they finish the year on the road at Georgia Tech and then at Virginia Tech on Black Friday. So two Friday games. They get Liberty at the end of the year. There's a uh, an ACC game, uh, bef- obviously, several, a bunch of ACC games, obviously, before the non-conference slate actually ends. Um, overall, my I saw this and thought, all right, this looks – Pretty favorable. Um, not really much at home to sell, um, but ser- uh, obviously looks good for Virginia's chances to potentially go back to the postseason. Uh, Dave, let's start with you. Just give me some 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 general takes, not hot takes, but just some general outlook sort of takes on uh, on this schedule. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't, I'm trying to think when we had a weaker schedule. It's been a long time. Um, even you know, substituting NC State for like a BC or Wake Forest. Just the out of conference is so much less than what we've seen in the last half a dozen, what feels like ten dozen years. Um, I mean, if you had a okay, this is a this is a lukewarm take. A lukewarm take. take. Okay. Yeah. If 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 we had an established team that we knew what we were getting next year, you know, returning quarterback, a lot more returning pieces, you'd be like, all right, that's you know, we can make a little run with this schedule. Um, so I'm not. Look, the schedule is not going to be the reason Virginia doesn't make a bowl next year. Let's let's leave it at that. What about you, Ferber? Give me some. Actually, Ferber, give me hot takes. Give me give me really scorching hot takes. <laughs> um, apparently UVA is going to beat NC State this year. I didn't know that, but that's what I've read on the internet. And a lot of it's from NC State people. All right, because somebody's gonna have to correct me if I'm wrong. But like, did, maybe they think they're gonna be real bad. Did, why know. didn't uh, what's his name decide to come back? I think they just lost a lot. On I mean, the yeah, but I mean, like, didn't um, oh, what's his name, Finley decide to come back? Yeah, I think he's coming. He back. finally gets which that, is smart because there's like 900 he, quarterbacks. Ferber, he finally gets a chance to play against uh, Virginia after nine. <laughs> Do you remember? I know that? someone's got an article ready to roll. <laughs> <laughs> I guess do I have to explain that? I, I should. No. no, we're gonna move on. Um. Hashtag some things have to be kept secret. Um, mm-hmm. So no, I, I just I don't know, man. I, I see the schedule and I think this is a this is very manageable. I mean, I I'll never understand why Virginia got enamored with with going out west. I, I I do appreciate the idea of having 
of your four out of conference games having one game that might be tough per se. Maybe they, they made it a little too tough. Um, it, it you know I, I made a joke about uh, on the radio tonight about you know Mike London sees his schedule and just shakes his head. Um, it's a good it's a good look. It's not great for fans, but then again, let's be honest, fans were coming to the games anyway. Like it didn't matter. Like last year, like they they were five and one and people still didn't come, and that was before they imploded. Well, we're not going to talk about that. The bottom line is like this: you're not going to get fans to keep coming to the game until you don't get blown out in bowl games. You're not going to get fans to come to the game until you, you know, beat Virginia Tech and show some consistency. So don't worry about scheduling games or whatever um, for fans. If it's better for the for the program that you play Ohio and that you play Liberty um, and that you play Richmond, then you should do it. And hey, Liberty technically counts as an FBS game. You should play it. Like no doubt in my mind. Um, and of course, until you slip up and lose to them on Senior Day, and if that happens, you know, I want to sell my website. Um, I just, yeah, let's not forget that next year Notre Dame jumps on that schedule, and the year after that you got Georgia. So yeah. enjoy, enjoy 2018. Right, 2020 in Georgia. Ooh. Um, I think that Ohio game is going to be tougher than some people think. I'm not sure what to make of the Indiana team that Virginia will play, but obviously there's a lot of time between now and then for us to kind of come to some um, understanding. I, I, I do think it's a good thing they get Louisville earlier in the year. Um, not sure what they're going to do in the post-Lamar era, um, but – I would rather not give them a bunch of time to figure that out if I'm UVA. Um, and then the fact that they they come – so they get Liberty at home on senior day on the 10th, and then they have a week to prepare for Georgia Tech. But they have a, an extra day because of the pit game being on a Friday before Liberty to prepare for the Flames. i got to think Bronco uses a couple days somewhere in there to prepare for Georgia Tech. And – Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he does that differently in spring and, and, and in fall camp or something. But, man, I, I, I don't know. Uh, that, to me, that, that it's not a tough November the way Virginia's Novembers usually run. But I don't want to close the year um, on the road at Georgia Tech and at Virginia Tech. I, I just don't want to close with the Techs at the end of the year. That's just me. Especially Virginia yeah, for Tech me, that's shorter rest. Yeah, for me, that's the biggest complaint about the schedule. You know, going on the road twice. I think Tech's got Miami the week before end of the season game. Yeah, that's right. Um, One of their nine straight home yeah, games. Yeah, home games. Yeah, Tech's, Tech's home slate. It's going to be a lot of a lot of Hokies driving 64 um, to those games. But, yeah, that's a tough tough way to end the season. And then um, Liberty, like that's senior day. My fear is, let's say Virginia has a bad season, who's going to show up to see, <laughs> see those seniors play Liberty in November on a possibly cold day? Um, but – the good and kind of off topic, if this rule gets changed and you can play freshmen for four games because of the way the season ends, I wonder yeah. how many will get held for depth on those like Carolina Pitt, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech. Mm, that's a good point. That's yeah. a very good point. Well, I mean, Liberty too, you know, if you feel like your season's not going that well, you can kind of try some things. Oh, out. you know, a perfect conspiracy theory would be that one of the reasons Virginia is, is super into this idea of playing this game late is so that he can, that you could play a bunch of young kids and then, let him redshirt. So you could get him, you could get him, get him in, get him into the system, have him basically practicing for a couple months, and then play him, and not lose anything. Like you can get good film on him in a in a in a game. Um, of course, if that happens, and then they get they get beat, you know, you'll never hear the end of it. Um, I mean, the game is in November for a reason, and the reason is they it's advantageous, right? I mean, yeah. people can hate on what the SEC does with this, you know, SoCon Challenge Week, as people call it, at the end of the year, but it's smart. I mean, if, if you want to argue that the SEC should make a rule that they're not allowed to do that right. during the middle of November, then, yeah, I, I'm not opposed to that. But, I mean, while you can, you might as well do it, especially if you're trying to play for a conference title. Yeah, true po- good point. Um, I was very interested to see some of the reaction, and this might cross over into our uh, our fourth side of the ball segment. For, before we do this, let's can you explain to these fifth. people? It's the fifth, fifth side of the ball, ball whatever. Can you explain what it is? Okay, so any well, I guess you have to kind of follow pretty closely, but apparently UVA has you know obviously there's three phases of football: offense, defense, special teams. And uh, if, if you watch the Boise State game or the Georgia Tech game or the first you know twelve seconds of the Navy game, um, you probably saw like a lot of energy on the bench. And I know they showed it a lot during some games. And UVA refers to the bench, you know, bringing energy to the game as the fourth side of the ball. Um, which I think is kind of corny, but whatever. So that's why we've started the fifth side of the ball, which is 
I don't know, just the next thing. We don't, we just thought it would be fun. The next thing. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, we're like up in the press box. It's the fifth side of the ball. Um, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta play all five phases. <laughs> you, you, uh, you, you seem much more excited to explain that at the beginning than you were at the end. That was, that was fun for me. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I just, I started hearing fourth side of the ball and my head started spinning. So you had a question for fifth side of the ball this week, right? Wasn't there a question or did we just decide we were going to abandon that question and go to the hot takes and... I mean, we can make it. We can do a a, a dual segment. A dual. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm okay right, let's time. let's ask ask your question. And we'll answer it, and then we'll get over to uh to to okay. hot takes aspect. My question, my question is, uh, let's say since the turn of the the millennium, um, or the new millennium, which ACC basketball players have scared you the most when they had the ball late in games or before the game started, um, or whatever? What what ACC players do you think? evoke the most fear does Dwayne Bacon count um or yes, is, that just my, 100%. is that just my recency bias talking um, well my I thought one I thought of that I I wouldn't say off the you wouldn't maybe think of off the top of your head was Michael Snare because he hit all those he he hit like all those buzzer beaters yep yeah you did not want and there were and those games always were tight and he oh he did it like three times yep Michael Snare is my choice I, I he agree. had like four buzzer beater winners in a row or something then there was, was um, insane. UV, he beat UVA on one. I'm pretty sure. Um, he did. He definitely. I think he might have won it all too. Um, yeah. There was the um, the Jones kid. Wasn't it Jones who hit the the three late from Duke? Wasn't it Tyce Jones? Did he hit? A, he hit a, yeah. He hit a three yes. late. Yeah. UVA only played against we him were, once though. It, it, they didn't give him the lead. It just pushed the game too far for Virginia to catch up. Yeah. But it was. It yeah. Was, Quinn Cook, I think, actually gave them the lead. Yeah. But then I guess I'm also confused. Duke had a ball. Jason Tatum. Woo. I mean, that was only one game too. But man, that was he went off. Um, who 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 else we thinking? Jabari Parker on that list for me. Oh really? Even though we beat he him, like a, he was yeah. just so good. He had a stretch in the ACC title game where he had like eight points in a row, and I was like, oh, they're about to lose. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Snare's a good choice. Obviously, uh, with the idea of playing awesome up. game, he's like an under the radar guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although I, I always was more worried about KJ McDaniel's than I was Blossom game. Um, I was I really did yeah. not like Jake Layman back in the day, um, but that's that's but that's a while ago. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Yeah, I mean the the number one for me with the bullet, and it's going back pretty far, is Reddick. Yeah, JJ. Was. Yeah, I mean he that that oh. dude had the ability to just light it up, and they were, it felt you felt so hopeless, like you're just like watching him just rain threes, and there's like, well, there's nothing the defense can do, and may, maybe part of that was because UVA wasn't as good at the time, but I mean it just felt like the dude was gonna light them up every time he played them. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. More recently, Jabari Parker had, you know, they played them twice. He had that one huge game in the title game, but UVA won anyway. And then, you know, there's there's been a few guys here or there. Um, Jake Lehman's kind of like an under-the-radar choice. Yeah, right. Um, you know who always used to worry me but never really did anything was Nick Faust. Yeah, same on thing. That, yeah. On that team. Yeah. He, he just had, like, the kind of, like, athleticism that he just, yeah, he just couldn't he get it all, up yeah, on you. Yeah, put it all together. Just couldn't really get it all done. There's been a few other guys. The Greek Deke. Um, the, <gasps> yes. the Greek Deke is That's a good, good one. That's a good pull. How much better would Wake Forest be right now if the Greek Deke didn't go pro? Man. They'd probably be better. Yeah, they'd be <laughs> dramatically better. All right, let's get to our hot takes. Also, uh, one more, one more. <laughs> okay. Uh, Lorenzo Brown from NC State. Yeah, Zoe was, was pretty good. Although, I was more afraid of of, of Smith. Uh, no, Howe. Richard Howe. I don't want to call him Richard Smith. Richard Howe. That dude used to just get bored. Just, That's all I he mean, could do. He was, was, a, he was a bored machine. He was like he was Travis Watson uh, reincarnate. It was pretty impressive, um, but with a with a pretty mess with a pretty massive beard. Uh, all right. So <laughs> over the course of the day, I'm going to lead into this, and I'm just going to let you guys just light it all, light it on fire. So over the course of the day, there's been oh, let's just say a, an interesting reaction among fans. I was thinking when that schedule first, when like when I saw the link and I clicked it and I went in and I saw the team by team and I saw Virginia's and I took a screenshot of it and I posted it and I'm looking, I'm like, man, this looks pretty favorable. This, you know, folks will be excited. The reaction among Virginia fans to the football schedule is so like it's it's so odd to me because so many of them just wanted to make jokes, like and. I understand, like, the program has not had a lot of success, and I understand that the way the bowl game ended certainly, you know, 
left a lot to be desired considering the, the fan support for it. But when you when you couple that with like the way fans react when like literally any person ever says anything negative about the basketball program, right? Like you could have somebody who some whether there's a national media person or like just somebody covers a team, say something about that's you know well within bounds, you know, like up oh, they're not they're not rebounding as well um, this year as maybe they have in the past, and like the. I guess, can I say the, the people grab torches because of, you know, but the, the pitchforks come out and it's like, you know, ah, and like the way it's funny to me, like the way people seem to care, like they care so much. Like they need everybody to, to, to think of Virginia basketball being the same way. And at the same time, like they don't, they don't stand up at all for their own like football program. They just want to like, you know, make jokes about them. And it's just very, very odd to me. What do you guys think? Brad, it seems weird you'd be very upset about this. It doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, you guys know me. Like, like Virginia sports, I don't go see a therapist. I don't need to. Like, I yell at football games. I, you know, I, it, it's my passion. Um, it, like, the level of anger I get when I see any Virginia person on social media or hear them in real life come into the store Guess what? You don't get to choose not to want to be a football fan. You don't get to choose to like to enjoy the basketball success and then poo-poo anytime football is brought up and make you think it's cool to joke on it. Well, guess what? That makes you no different than the Hokie who says they don't care about basketball, yet you will rail on them. I live and die for both. And trust me, walking out of that cold-ass stadium in Annapolis after getting my butt kicked sucked. And walking home, walking back to my tailgate spot after yet another loss from Virginia Tech sucked. But it's my team. I, you got to own it. You know, you know, I, for me personally, you don't get to choose to make fun of one and praise the other. So, and if you do, then don't. You know, you can't go with the Hokies for doing the same thing. It's, well, it's not just that. I mean, people do play, make the same jokes about like you know the Duke, they're, that like Duke football fans don't care about Duke football, which is largely true. But it's the same. It's the same sort of idea, right? And I think yeah. ultimately, it's be, it's like you become sort of a character 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 caricature. Of yourself, nailed right, it. Eventually, landed the plane. Um, I mean, the idea was right. You I had was the going right there. Order. Look, I just feel like in in a, in a way, it's 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 a choice you make, and I get it. Like you're frustrated. That's ultimately what it comes from, right? And I get it. I run a website that has a message board. Like, trust me, I get the frustration. I totally see it. Um, you know, I, nobody else's livelihood here uh, depends on whether or not Virginia fans are happy or sad, right? Um, I just feel like. To Dave's point, like on some level, like it's your team. You you can choose to make to get those jokes off, or you can choose to be excited and say, "Hey, you know, maybe maybe we'll be able to, to have a good season." You know, it doesn't have to be like a punchline. And and I and I understand that frustration makes us do weird things. I just I just I just don't think you can bag on other fan bases for for their sins and then at the same time just make a different one. You know what I mean? Like I just I just don't think that's a good look. Yeah, I mean, I think like I like I told you guys earlier when we were talking about it. Um, I always thought it was just like a self defense mechanism. Like um, UVA basketball fans are very out there with um, like they defend the like I've literally seen people say like the reason that they're so um, I don't argumentative. I guess I don't know about like when people have these hot takes and like literally. I get it. Like, Myron Medcalf's article last year was dumb. Like, I read it. I laughed at the time. I was like, that's a stupid thing to say. Like, I mean, maybe he brought up some good points here and there, but overall, I was, I rolled my eyes at it. But at the same time, I'm not going to, like, just tweet at him all day long talking about how I disagree with him. I just choose not to care. Like, you know what I mean? But for football, it's like, UVA fans would be the people writing that. <laughs> like, you know, they'd exactly. be the people saying it themselves. Exactly. And then... And then if somebody dares to say anything about the basketball program, even if it's an opinion, they're just like down that person's throat. Or I, I see this, like people will be like, you know, talking about the ACC in general. Like Notre Dame has done this with two guys hurt, right? They won a few games, right? And people will have to equate that to what UVA does. It's like you don't have to yeah. – it's, it's, like it's not like a big contest for like – 
it's like people are trying. It's like UVA fans are trying to win Twitter. Like it doesn't work like that. People aren't gonna just turn like <laughs> you win Twitter. It's like talking politics with people. It's you're not gonna change people's minds. Like if people say that they don't like UVA basketball because it's boring, like who cares? Like I mean, you know what's not boring? Winning games. Like, like if if you if if it becomes boring for you, then you don't have to watch it. But like, who cares if other people don't like watching it? It doesn't make any sense. You think Navy fans cared that that people don't like the triple option when they were running it down UVA's throat in the bowl game? Like, no. But like I feel like the football, the football like I don't want to say bashing, but it's like uh, woe is us toward sort of idea yeah. is like it's just a self defense mechanism for people that like I'm gonna make fun of it before you can. I'm gonna make fun of it like, so that when they, so when and so if they lose then it's not so that yeah. when when they are bad it's like I told they're all in the jump together and right? I'm all for I'm all for critiques of the program like that there's a sure as hell a lot of critiquing to go around after that bowl game and other games and you know the last decade but. Yeah, and sure the same, I just think, I, and and this doesn't really upset me. It just, I just think it's funny. Like there's just such a disconnect. Yeah, I, I'm sure the, the, these people who kind of, you know, the the preemptive we suck that we see year in and year out that disappear when Virginia shows a sign of progress and then reemerge. Like, so you told you so. This is why I never bothered. Like, and, um, they're the same people who roll into a tailgate when they do manage to come to Charlottesville for a football game. They roll in with like four flags on the car. Virginia loses, they pack them all in the trunk and go home. Um, yeah, if your self worth is tied to the football program winning or losing, it's probably not the football program for you, and it's probably not the basketball program for you. Um, come on, if you're gonna be a fan, own it. Or certainly don't put UVA in your freaking Twitter bio if you're gonna joke on their damn yeah, and, and it's just like team. the basketball, the, the basketball Twitter. Like we've talked about it before, and I'm all for passionate fan bases and stuff, but they're moving towards <laughs> UVA fans are moving towards a like an area that we've for so long made fun of, like the Kentucky fans, you know, yeah. like the people that it's like they'll just say stuff because it's like if you say anything bad about Kentucky, people will just blow you up. Like, you know, like you just can't. And then, and the people like that write at the national level, they know, like they just roll their eyes and they, they don't really have an agenda. I don't think like Tony is one of the most respected coaches in the profession and people yeah, and know that he's going to be around for a long time. So it's like, why would you want to just like piss him off? Right. But at the same time, it's like, it's not all like, there's a lot of other programs, you know, it's like, it's not all about UVA all the time. They're not just going to like, they're not going to change like the top 25 to the top UVA and just write all about UVA. Like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I think one thing that... And, 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 go ahead, Ferber, go ahead, finish up. But it's good that they... It is, it's awesome that they have a passionate fan base and the people that come into JPJ do a great job of making that an awesome environment. Like, I've been to a bunch of arenas and it's one of the best ones, if not the best one, you know, I've been to. Um, so I'm not trying to say UVA fans should, like, not be passionate but it's like, just don't be so sensitive. Well, know? and my thing too is like, I'm never gonna like tell fans like, because I like when people get into the whole like, you know, oh well, you need to go to the games thing. Like, I don't think, I don't think, at least for me, I'm not gonna make a decision for myself to say to somebody else like how they do it is wrong. But I will say that like, what, what, what drives folks to like go find these national media types and bark at them about their lack of like love for UVA? Did, to, to Ferber's point, like you're not going to change their mind. You're not going to be like, "Yo, Byron, uh, UVA is such and such and such in Ken Palm, and they have such a great advantage in defensive efficiency." And Byron's going to be right. like, "Yo, you know what? I didn't know that. Thank you very much for telling me. I'm gonna have UVA number one on my power rankings." Like that's not how it works. It's almost like one of those things where I remember when like VCU went to the Final Four, and everybody was super excited because it was like this thing that nobody expected. Right, and then for a while after that, VCU was like pretty good, but like their fans kept treating them like they were like the underdog. And I'm like, nah, man, like y'all aren't the underdog anymore. Like you're an established program. Like enjoy that. And they just kept pretending like they were shocking the world. I'm like, yo, you can't shock the world after you go to a Final Four. Like that's not how it works, right? It's like UVA fans have settled. Some some UVA fans. I don't I don't want to paint with too broad a brush, but there are definitely some UVA fans who have settled into this thing where like UVA is the plucky uh, upstart that's gonna um, that's gonna topple. Uh, Duke and Carolina uh, and and ascend to the top of the throne, but at the same time continue to be disrespected because it's us against the world. And I mean, look, if that's if that's where you the way you gotta have it to view it, okay, that's I guess that's your call. But like, 
I, I don't understand why these national media types matter to you. I don't understand like why making jokes about your football team uh, out of one side and being so sensitive about anybody ever not giving your basketball team the credit you think he deserves on the other makes sense. Like on, on some level, yeah, like, it's it's like about, and if you say it affects if you say it affects recruiting, then like it, that applies to football too. Yeah, exactly. And not to mention the fact that like if anything, the football program you know is, is in a situation coming off of the the years they've had, like they can use all the positivity they can get, like. You, you're not going to go change national media type person's mind and all of a sudden seven recruits are going to be like, well, you know what? I don't think UVA style is that bad. Like, that's not how it works. The only way it works is for the team to win. And the team's not going to win by you chasing off, you know, media people. Like, you just need to, you know, like Ferber said, JPJ is, to me, the best arena that I go to. Um, it's loud. I think it's imposing. I, I think it's the perfect size. Um, I think it matches – like it fits UVA basketball perfectly, right? The the way people are invested in defense and the way people are invested in shot clock violations. We make jokes about, you know, drink, you know, like hashtag drink or whatever every time they get one. Like embrace that. Embrace like, yeah, good luck trying to beat us, you know? But like the, this idea that like you got to go after anybody that ever says anything negative or doesn't like give you the pro- – like this whole storyline about like how UVA wasn't ranked in the preseason and how dumb that was, like that to me feels like the overrated chant. Right. Like the overrated chance, the dumbest thing in sports, because basically what you're saying is this accomplishment that we just had is not really as cool because you weren't as good as everybody thought you were. Like you weren't ranked in the preseason and now you are. You know why? Because you guys, the team worked its tail off and put it together and is and as a good group. Like this idea that like somehow the disrespect and proving the disrespect wrong is more important than being good. I just I, it loses me completely, it just loses me. And I, I just can't follow it. And we yeah. talked about, I mean, in the preseason, we talked about the potential for this team to overachieve, you know? Yeah. And we said that there's a reason they weren't ranked. I mean, they lost. You have to look at things on paper sometimes. Like, when you rank teams, if like, like what do UVA fans know about, like, like if I polled UVA fans on Twitter that were upset about that, like, what do they know about Michigan? Like, what do they know about Michigan's situation? Who are they bringing back? Who did they <laughs> That's lose? That's a good point. What's their schedule like? And that's what I'm like. If you don't, you can't just look at UVA like they're the only team in college basketball. There's other teams, like you know, other stuff. There's what's happening. What you know how people make polls like before the season starts. They say like, all right, UVA lost their starting four year point guard. Um, they're coming off kind of a rough uh, end of the season where they, I wouldn't say they underachieved, but um, they basically did. They kind of seem like they might have plateaued. I mean, they lost Brogdon and Gill and. And they had a bunch of rough games down the stretch, and they obviously kind of like fell flat in the tournament um, against Florida. So that, and then they lose Parentes, they lose Shayok Thompson and Reuter to transfer. So then you just start looking at the numbers, like all right, that's a bunch of minutes gone. Um, and then it's like, who are they bringing in? Well, you got two red shirts, so that doesn't really factor into the equation because a lot of guys look at that and they're like, well, if they were that good, they wouldn't redshirted or. You know, like, we don't know what, they're an unknown, right? And then the recruiting class is literally one dude who's going to play, and he barely plays, and a redshirt guy that was basically recruited at the last minute by a few programs. So, I mean, on paper, that doesn't really look like a team that you're like, you know what, put them number eight. And if you did, it would be almost irresponsible, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, this whole thing for me, like, you know, you see these articles about Virginia, and obviously we see all the Virginia responses because we follow a lot of these people or have – Similar people following them. Well, guess what? When Myron Metcalf writes an article and you share it with 75 of your Who friends and they all comment on it, Myron's going to circle back around to that topic when he needs some hits. I mean, that's the way it works. Um, yeah, that's true, you, too. You're just the, creating your flames. own problem. You know, just, just let that article sit there and not say anything. You may not see as many. But here's the thing. like I've talked to some junior fans like, I can't wait for us to make the Final Four and shut them up. Guess what? It's not going to shut them up. There's people who don't like the way we play. It's, Plenty of people, myself included, who don't like the one and dones at Kentucky and Duke. And there's many articles written about it um, and, and putting it down. When they make the Final Four, those articles don't go away. When they win the championship, those articles don't go away. So one day if Virginia makes the Final Four, there's still going to be people writing that the reason they didn't win the championship was because they, the way they yeah. play. And yeah, when I mean, win the championship, it's going to be, well, they, they're glad they won, but this is terrible for basketball because it's horrible basketball. Yeah, that's just what it, that's what it is. Just... Enjoy the big run. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, Fun it's not going to make the national championship any less valuable. <laughs> That's right. No, and also, like, exactly. There, there, there were a bunch of articles today about, like, Oklahoma. Is Oklahoma bad? 
Like, is Trey Young so good that it's hurting Oklahoma? Like, th- th- like you think UVA is not the only team that people write negatively about, and I'm sure Oklahoma fans probably took offense to that, you know. But it's like, it, you know, you got to write about stuff. It's just like a couple weeks ago, people were saying, "Is Duke ever going to yeah. figure it out?" You know, and the P- Duke fans are probably rolling their eyes, like, "Of course we will watch the games," you know, like. But it is what it is. Like, don't just. It, it it's not gonna like like I said, you're not gonna fix it by just yelling at people uh, i mean especially if it's an opinion and it's and it just just ignore them or just you can call them out and be like this is dumb and move on like you don't have to just keep every time they win a yeah. game like go back to and, and that's so know. much just of mute it, the word boring so much and that so much <laughs> of it comes from people who all at the same time like want to bag on their own football team it's like i i, I just don't i just don't understand it and and if 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 there are folks out there who genuinely feel like the only way they can get through it is to make fun of it. Okay, I I, I don't understand it, but I, I suppose I'll give it to you. Um, but at the same time, like um, the, the, to then like to have to have the same sort of mindset that like oh, but at the same time like let no one ever disrespect our basketball program, uh, which has won one ACC championship and two regular season titles, which kind of aren't really. I mean, maybe they are a thing. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I think that right now more people know that Virginia basketball is really good, and that's that's a good thing. Uh, if they win a championship, like like you guys saying, like, is anybody going to care? Like, there will be so many fans that will enjoy it uh, almost so – I don't want to say solely because, but very much in, because it'll be kind of – it'll feel like you're sticking it to, to, the, to the man. And, like, they don't care. Like, they don't care the way you care. All you're doing is yeah. yeah they're going to write articles about how Tony Bennett's defensive style like helped them yeah. win. Like, and because they have to write stuff, that's their yeah. Job. I mean, like, like the, the parallel to me is Gonzaga. Like, do you realize how angry you'd be as a Gonzaga fan? How many articles they were written about how you just won in the regular season, but really didn't matter because you played in a crap conference and you never made the Final Four. But you watched <laughs> the team and you knew they were good. Yeah. yeah. What do those articles mean? We knew they were good. Fans knew they were good. And every year when you fill out your Final Four, you're NCAA bracket, you were writing, you were pushing them on through. I mean, look, it's, it's just writing. It, you, you don't write not to get responses to your article, unless you're Brad. You just write boring stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a good no, place. No, to put no, it. we're not putting it in there. No, Brad's gonna have last say. No, here's one thing I will say. I will. Ne- I also, as somebody who who writes about this this program on the reg, okay. I understand that I have a personal sort of bias on this specific point, which is like, I just don't understand why you care what the national media thinks. Like what, like if, if you enjoy the basketball team and you want to, you want to consume content about your basketball team, why do you care what Myron Medcalf says? Like if Myron all of a sudden started talking about, I love how we're just using Myron as like the only like national media person who doesn't like Virginia basketball. Yeah, poor Myron. Um, but like if, 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 if media person X doesn't, like you like why does their approval matter to you like don't you enjoy do you enjoy it if you do like how about i don't know reading content from the actual players like do you know how many of these national articles or i can just feel myself get heated right there do you mean these national articles are crap like they don't pay any attention they'll refer to people and and they don't know like i i love um the um, One Shining podcast i love that podcast they talk about uva and they're like yeah there was this guy who was he and i'm like what do you mean who is he like those dudes were four-star players across multiple services. Like these folks are not. They like Ferber said. They don't. They don't follow Virginia basketball the way you do. You're given. There's 351. Yeah, teams. exactly. So like they're not going to know everything about your team. You know what? And so like if you want to enjoy content about your team, don't go to those sources. Like because those sources don't care. Those sources need as big a tent as possible. So why? Who do they cover? The the teams, the blue bloods, the teams who have you know who are in Durham or in Chapel Hill and have fans in New Mexico for some unknown reason, right? Like ultimately, you're not gonna find what you're looking for. So stop looking. You're not gonna find like you might you know you might find a national media person you know John Rothstein or whoever that 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 does like your your team and that's great. But the vast majority of them aren't because they don't pay attention to it. Uh, and maybe someday UVA will be, you know, a top five team every year, and they're, you know, in the Final Four every year, and they're winning national championships, and people pay attention to them, and that'll be different. But until then, like, stop looking for something that you like. Don't like that. At some point, you're just a hurt dog hollering. You know, you gotta, you got plenty of people who cover this team and do it pretty well. The Virginia, uh, the Virginia beat is is extremely well covered. There are lots of us out there. 
who are talking to the players that you want to pull for. Like, just pay attention to, to, to that, to the kids that, you know, to the, to the quotes of the actual kids and not to some random person in L.A. or in Bristol or wherever who's writing a hit piece. Like, it doesn't matter. Let it go. And that is a good place to put a pin in it. You like, you like that, how I, I rebounded from you taking digs at my, my work? That was yeah, good. speak, you put it in. And if you want some of that's that right. great content, if you want some of that great content, you come up. Uh, I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show, um, even if you dog on the football program or, or you make jokes about it when the schedule comes out, or if you like to attack national media people. You know, either way, I appreciate you listening to the show. Uh, I also want to say thank you to Dave and Justin for giving graciously of their time, as always. Thank you very much. So, for David Spence, Justin Furber, and Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com, thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.